people care and people do love and, and to hear and love to watch you do your thing, whatever it be, just go out there and do what you love. Welcome back to another episode of Chapter 20-something with me, Kylie McDonald. I hope you're having a wonderful day. It got so cold out. It was 50s, 60s, no, not 60s, but it was 50s like two days ago. Wake up today. It's like 10 degrees. I was up at 5 a.m. and I'm like, what is going on? I do not want this to be my life right now, but we got a little tease of the spring-summer weather. And daylight savings was on Sunday, so um, we're getting there. We're getting there, guys. Um, uh, honestly, I'm going to be a little bit of a downer today Um, this intro. My, my dog died, actually, um, like an hour ago or so. And yeah, she was old. She was 15. Her name was Zayden. She was a little Bijan. Um, She was old, but it came on very suddenly, like last night, I think, and then she ended up dying peacefully today. I was just like driving to work, going about my Monday, and then got that phone call, so I don't know. I was like crying before, now I feel like I'm okay, and I'm like, all right, let's just get this done, and then, um, yeah, it's just so sad because she was 15. We got her when, we got her for Christmas, actually, when I was in fifth grade. And yeah, so I'm the oldest of four. So we were like in fifth grade, third grade, first grade, and my youngest sister, Christy, who like Zayden, Christy was Zayden's favorite person for sure. So Christy was in her last year of preschool and now she's a sophomore in college. So it really shows like how, oh my God, like how long uh, and how much they really are a part of your lives. Yeah. Oh, this was a bad idea. This was a bad idea. But you know, pets are really just so special and they really just give you the most love and are there for you through everything. And now I'm crying on a podcast and this was something that I never thought I would do. <laughs> um but yeah, she's um really special puppy. When I was in ninth grade, actually she got hit by a car and she broke her pelvis, and she had to, or what happened, the surgery was, like, really expensive, and, you know, my parents have four kids, and we were all, like, middle school, high school, and they were, like, we, you know, just can't really do that, and then the vet said, well, you probably will have to put her down, and, of course, obviously, we didn't want to do that either, so they said, well, you can try to nurse her back to health, but chances are she might not walk again, And then a week later, she was running in our family room, like running back and forth. And it was just like a miracle and we couldn't believe it. And she must have been like four years old then. And then she ended up living till 15 and a half. It's really crazy. And I always think of that moment when we could have just given in 
and accepted what was the probable outcome. But look what happened. She got 11 more years of being a healthy, healthy puppy literally up until her very last day. So it just goes to show you, just give things a shot. You never know. And also that, you know, like, of course, we knew she was old. We knew she probably didn't have too many years left. But like, I didn't expect to get that that call today, you know? So whether it's a pet, but also people in your life, tell them you love them, show them you love them. And um, don't be afraid to just do what you want. We all worry about so much, myself included. We worry about so much that truly is not going to matter at the end of the day. I think it's really, really important that we remember that and don't focus our energy on things that we know will not matter. So whatever that is for you, I hope you can remember that today. Um, my dad's calling me. I'm going to pause this for one sec. Okay, I'm back. I just talked to my dad and now I'm really crying. Ah, ah, it's just so sad, so sad. But she was loved. She lived a really great life. We always said if she was a person, she'd be like so annoying because she always needed attention. But it really was, you know, she just wanted to cuddle with you always and always just be with people. So, um, yeah, it's really special. Had a bad haircut always. <laughs> Most of the time, I would say like she looked like an ASPCA dog in one of the commercials, which is so mean. But sometimes she was just not groomed. <laughs> but yeah, and she had low key. Okay, I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> I would like make fun of her a little bit, but she was really the sweetest dog. And I was home last weekend and um like of course I didn't, she was acting fine but I did actually like sleep with her that night and definitely spent a lot of time just sitting with her so I'm happy I got to do that it's the motto for the day you know don't forget to tell everyone you love them and uh don't be afraid to just live your life because it's it's short you know it is Ah, okay, let's kick into another gear here, because this podcast is happier and more motivating than um, this. But today on the show, we have Mike Larkin. He is a radio and podcast host. Um, He is one of the first people who reached out to me when I was first starting out and wanted to work with me. So that, you know, something that I'll always remember and really be grateful to him for. And he just grinds. He's always working, always doing something new. You'll enjoy this interview with him. Follow the podcast on Instagram at chapter20somethingpod. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Sorry if I made you sad today. Um, But, you know, we just got to be honest with each other. We got to have open, honest conversations. That's what life's about. Uh, You can follow me at officialkyliemcdonald and Mike's. All of his links are in the description, and he says them at the end of the show. There's a lot. There's a lot. So you can find him anywhere, Mike Larkin. And, um, yeah, enjoy this episode with him. Okay. Have a great day, guys. Much love always. Bye. Today we have a friend of mine who, honestly, I got to say, was one of the first people who reached out after I started making my name known with the Lotto World and uh, wanted to know a little bit more about me, and I'll forever be appreciative of him for that. But he is an awesome podcast host and not only has one show, but has, um, oh my God, how many, I don't, we're going to ask him how many shows it is first off, but please welcome Mike Larkin to the show. 
Hello, hello, Miss Kylie McDonald. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. And yeah, I have about five or six shows. Yeah, I'll- okay. I was going to say five, and then I was like, I don't want to get it wrong. You know, nah, you're fine, please. <laughs> so, Mike, where are you in the world right now? My goodness, I'm in lovely Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, just chilling, just working, just podcasting on my grind. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Good. Myrtle Beach. Have you been there for a while? Oh my goodness. It's funny that you mentioned that because we've had this as like a summer home since like 1998, but we're like officially into it now. So I've been here for about two years now, officially moved down to Myrtle Beach. Wow. Oh my gosh. I've only been there for a vacation at like a few times when I was younger, but I really, really did love it. Did you like making the move down there from, uh, you were in New York, right? Yes. Long Island, New York, East Iceland to be exact. Uh, you know what? It's nice. I mean, it's nicer weather. Don't have to worry about the winter. The only problem is hurricane season, but other than that, it's all good. Good. I'm glad. Oh my gosh. I just, I want to be by a beach right now so badly. (laughs) Doesn't everybody, right? My goodness. With everything that's going on in the world, beaches sound nice. Absolutely. So take advantage while you are down there. So you always were kind of near a beach, right? Because you grew up in Long Island. So what was life like for you um, back then? Oh my goodness. I was just a nerdy kid with glasses from Long Island, New York, just listening to the radio 106.1 BLI, just going to Robert Moses, Jones Beach, the C one hundred six point one BLI Winter Jam Summer Jam. I was just a kid that liked to shoot hoops. I just was a kid that liked to just go outside, like to be inside, play video games. I was just your regular youngin that just like loved a lot of pop culture, loved professional wrestling, and just loved each and everybody and appreciated the uh, moments and just appreciated family. Man, I was just your overall average kid, nerdy but overall average. <laughs> That's so nice. So you were saying you were always listening to the radio. So, you know, it started out right away with you. So when was this? Would you be like coming home from school or was it when you were literally like at home after school, you would just listen to the radio? I think for me is my parents back in like the 80s to like the late 90s work for 106.1 BLI. I mean, my parents were in radio. And for me, just I always remember listening to 106.1 BLI just each and every time I was in the car. It could be before school or after school. Like that was just fun time, just jamming on the way to school, jamming wherever. Music is just such an amazing art form. And it just makes you feel good all in all. So for me, it was just, it didn't matter wherever. Like music is, a, is, it just, it helped me through a lot of things in life. It helped me just, you know, be who I am. It really exemplified me as a whole. And just something that made me feel good each and every time I would turn on the radio, listen to a CD or what have you. It just, it meant a lot to me for my life, young and, and now as I get older. It's always comforting to, I don't know, just hear people's conversations or it's, it enlightens you in some way. But even back, I remember like on the school bus, going to school, like the morning shows I would listen to, like I loved hearing those voices every day and hearing those conversations. And it really becomes a part of your daily life and is a sense of normalcy for a lot of people. So I think, you know, that can be overlooked with radio, but um, it, it is something that people probably don't appreciate as much as they should because it is a big part of their lives. Of course. And I mean, I was that kid jamming out when we were going to the Liberty Science Center in eighth grade. Everybody was listening to Kelly Clarkson because of you. We would sing on the bus. We would have fun. <laughs> it's it's the things, you know what I'm saying? It's the little things in life that you got to appreciate it. But that's just some of the fun times, just remembering those field trips, watching movies, watching TVs, doing what you did and just living life and prospering, you know? Absolutely. Did you know back then you're like, this is what I want to do. I want to be on here talking. To be honest with you, no, I had no idea. What's what's interesting about it is too, is like I had a buddy and my best friend to this day, his name is Steve Nicoforo. He had brought this to my attention around New Year's Eve 2014. We were talking about doing a podcast in the next year, the following summer. We started and 
I was a little apprehensive at the time, you know, I'm like, no, man, you know, there's everybody starting into podcasting now. I really, I was kind of a little nervous, but I'm like, you know what, as I thought and processed it, I'm like, we have the opportunity, whether it be us together as hosts, whether it be us individually, because we got a lot to offer the people. And I think a lot of people need to realize that you have a voice to inspire and encourage and really resonate and generate with you people and give people the platform to tell their stories, provide content for people. And I started looking at it for the bigger picture. And I'm like, you know what, some this could be cool. And here I am five years later. That's amazing. So can I ask, what were you doing career-wise before that? I worked uh, for Marketing Incorporated, and I still work in market research now for a company called Dynat. I worked for Marketing Incorporated for eight years. You know, we would do surveys over the phone, and we would collect data the whole nine. For me, I enjoyed that, too, because it was another way to talk to people. It has its good days. It's had its bad days. But it's interesting because I look at it from a standpoint where you can get people's opinions on surveys, whether it be about politics, what have you. You get people's opinions, and it's great to, you know, interact with people and analyze, dissect, and decipher what they're thinking the overall thought process is. That is interesting because, I mean, you would like to think when someone's just giving their opinion and they know nobody in their lives is going to see it. It's kind of like you would hope unbiased. So it is interesting to see all these different people's perspectives and to see what they're really thinking, you know? Of course. And I think that's what I loved about the surveys is, I mean, it's one of the things like you can dive and divulge into politics. You could talk about, oh, why would you rate this? Like when you, like we did a lot of supermarket surveys. Like, why do you like this? Why do you think this is, the fruits are not fresh, the vegetables? <laughs> it's the little things like that. Like, you know, it helps. And a lot of this goes a long way with research purposes. So, I mean, it's like, I mean, so I'll be honest with you, you've had your days where some people don't like them and they just rather be left alone. But when you get that person and you really just do what you do, but you're really getting a general idea of how people work, how people tick. And it's really interesting once you get to the overall consensus and basis of it. Are you a person who will always fill out a survey when you're asked? I'll be honest with you, I would. Because you know what it is? It's interesting, depending on what survey it is. And I mean, I like to give feedback. And I think a lot of people should really put more into it. Because I mean, you never know how you're going to help somebody or you never know how you're going to provide a certain outcome or what have you. It's kind of like voting, like, you know, make yourself known, go out and vote. So I mean, I think a lot of people should go more towards the direction of doing because you can help somebody. And I think it goes a long way for people. Exactly. It's bettering the business that is providing a service for you. So why not put your voice in? And it's, I, okay, I need to start doing this because every time I'm at Dunkin' Donuts, they say, fill out the survey and you get a free donut. And for some reason, I just throw the receipt away every time. But why not? I need that donut. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't go wrong with a free donut. I mean, you got the keyword right there, free, Kylie. Come on. You're, I know. Oh. I'm just being stupid. I need, okay, I'll do it next time. Thank you for inspiring me. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, all right. So you were in the market research. You still are. But then you started your first podcast with your friend, Steve, correct? Yes. So how did you get started? And I'm learning this now too. It takes a lot of work to get a podcast started and to get it out there for people to hear it. So what did you do to get your name out there? So for me, I created a SoundCloud account, which I still have five years to this day. And then we have the, the official website, which is stevenmikeshow.com, which connects to SoundCloud and all our works. We had an idea. We wanted to talk about news. We wanted to talk about current events. And we just wanted to shoot the breeze and have fun because we're, we're both guys that like to be entertaining. We both are guys that like to, you know, let our voices be heard. Coming from East Islip, New York, one of the finer parts of East Islip, New York is people like Boomer Esiason and who went to East Islip High School. And there's a lot of people in historic natures from Long Island and New York. So it's one of the things where I just wanted to put it out there make it be heard, you know, tag some friends, check it out and really just you do the overall word of mouth with it and put it on Instagram, the whole nine, just do the social media rounds, if you will. Yeah. And did you find that worked for you? Did you have a growing process? 
Yeah, because it's one of the things where I'll be honest with you, besides Boomer Esiason, you know, talking about sports and, you know, the whole nine there, like nobody in my my friggin' city was doing was doing podcasting. So it was new. It's like, oh, Mike and Steve have a podcast. So it's new. You get to bring in some new people, get people's eyes on the product. And it's one of the things where you're doing something that nobody really does anymore. And you're starting to see the growth of podcasting. Like for 2014, you see wrestling podcasts. You've seen so many podcasts coming to fruition. So, I mean, it's like, why not? Why not get out there, but be different, be unique and just, you know, showcase yourself. Absolutely. So what about from like a personal perspective? So you're going into this with your best friend, but obviously you're starting basically a business together. So was there not tension, but did your relationship like have any adjusting periods between like, oh, who's doing this amount of work? Who's doing that? Or like growing together? Like, what was that like? It was really just growing together. You know what I'm saying? Because we really wanted to put the work into it together. What we did was we provided a variety. Like I would do some interviews, which is the On the Mic with Mike show. And then we would, he would go over here and we would talk about hockey. I would produce it and I would put it out and content it for Steve because Steve likes it. He's a big hockey fan. He loves the New York Islanders. Me, I like to interview people. I like to interview people of all facets of life. So we wanted to expand our individual stuff, but they'll still do our main show, the Steve and Mike show. So we were both open to that because, again, we get to showcase ourselves individually and together. So that's kind of like how we want, wanted to uh, go with it from the variety perspective. Yeah. That's really amazing that you've started to build this network. It's not just one show, but you're like, we're interested in a bunch of different things. We're both two different personalities. So why not take the best of both of us and not only showcase our best qualities together, but also individually? Like, I really applaud you for that. I think that's a very cool thing to do. Well, thank you very much. And I look at it like this because I remember he was a little bit apprehensive about doing some shows. He had some ideas, but he was kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe not. And I'm like, dude, you're so smart. You're one of the smartest dudes I knew because he loves nostalgia. He's so smart when it comes to like, you know, 80s culture, 70s culture. And I mean, he loves hockey so much. He's got the insight on it and he loves what he does with hockey. So I'm like, dude, do this because you can provide analysis. We can have guests from time to time, but a lot of people can resonate and generate that because people love the New York Islanders. People love hockey and people love nostalgia because it makes you feel good. It makes you smile. You're getting a whole lot of emotions with what you're doing with these shows. So you're going to resonate. And I wanted, and I, insisted on him doing it and I'm glad that I did and you know what I'm saying he brings out the best in me I bring out the best and we bring the best out of each other and I think that's what's great about the camaraderie of it that's great seriously sometimes you really just need someone from the outside to say like hey no let's stop doubting yourself like you can actually do this and just actually put yourself out there and do it because obviously we all get in our own heads so often I know I do all the time I, I don't know if you do too but if you can just quiet that voice and like listen to somebody who's telling you like, hey, I believe in you, like people are going to resonate with you because you have something to say, just listen to that and just go with it. Go with one person who believes in you and then hopefully soon you'll believe in yourself too. Oh, I get that all the time, Kylie, because, you know, it's like an internal struggle with yourself. Should I do this or should I not? And it, it goes with a lot of people, too, because it's like they ask the question, why? And my response would be, why not? Take a chance on yourself. Take a chance on what you want to do, because if you don't question yourself and you just go with your gut, a lot of things can flourish from it. So I think a lot of people need to stop asking why, but why not? Amen. Do you think that's what kind of got you started in the first place with uh, your career in podcasting? Yes, because I was one of the people, like I mentioned before, it's like, you know what, why? Why do I want to do a podcast? Because a lot of people are doing a wrestling in different genres, but I'm like, you know what, why not? If you can put, get your name out there and do it the correct way and just provide an audience and do it with professionalism and respect, a lot of things are going to flourish for you, like I mentioned there, but it's just like, yeah, like, why not? Let me do this because not a lot of people in my city are doing this. Nobody's doing the endeavor that I'm doing. So it's like, you know what, you bet on yourself and it works out in the long run. 
Absolutely. So you already said you cover wrestling and you also cover pop culture. So are these your two main focuses? Yes, because for me, like I was a professional wrestling fan since I was 10 years old, like Jeff Hardy, The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock Mm -hmm. uh, will be here all day. Like these are some of my favorite, you know, wrestlers. I always just enjoy the art form that is professional wrestling. And yes, as people know, professional wrestling is predetermined, but the risks are there. And for me, I just always enjoyed the pageantry of it. It was always very interesting to me because I respected what the guys and gals put their bodies through for the fans and me pop culture. I was the kid every day after school coming out of Ruth C. Kenny Elementary School and watching TRL, Total Request Live with Carson Daly. You know, people going to the window, girls screaming for the boy bands, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees in Sync, the whole nine. Like, I just love that stuff. I remember from Long Island, right? You had 52, which was VH1. 53 was MTV. Then you got- Yes. (laughs) I'm from Poughkeepsie area, so it's the same. (laughs) All right. So yeah, you got VET, MTV2, Much Music, Fuse, whatever. But it's one of the (laughs) things where, like, it's all grouped together. Like, you couldn't just listen to MTV. You got pop-up video over here, the top 20 countdowns. You got Headbangers Ball. There's so much music incorporated in those channels so I mean that was me like I remember watching Rap City at four o'clock with Big Tigger and then all of a sudden we got 106 in Park with Free and AJ like that was life each and every day I came home from school that was just what I loved to do I loved to listen to music I used to love going to the Wiz over there in Bayshore Long Island like that was just life for me CDs music and just watching the music television if you will that is MTV so I mean yeah you couldn't beat it at that time because that was the prime right there Dude, I miss that. I wish they would bring like all those videos back and all those like countdown shows. Oh, it really was so cool. And it was, it's just something that's just not there anymore. And I I think we could still use it. We could still benefit from it. I absolutely agree. I mean, they had MTV hits for like a little bit, but then it's one of those things, Kylie, where I look at it like this. When you look at MTV, can you even call it music television anymore? I mean, they tried to come back with TRL. That didn't last long. Mostly all And mostly all you see on that channel now is Catfish, the series, and, you know, Teen Mom and all this stuff, which I guess it's fine from a reality standpoint, but I'm like, this is MTV here. This is not our TV. It's not reality television. We're talking about music television, but hey, I mean, that's the direction that they went with. Yeah, they've had a ton of success with their reality shows, and I think that's a great aspect of them. But I miss music videos. Like, can you think of a music video in the past year or so that has really been a huge success like i mean there's only a few i could think of oh my goodness well for me i'll be honest with you i was the boy band kid like when backstreet boys came out with i want it that way like that was one of my favorite videos because if you look at the overall general consensus and the artistic form of it you got girls screaming at the airport because that's a representation of the fans where it's like they're following their favorite boy bands and that's just the overall fan aspect which i thought was very cool that they incorporated yes some would say it's very cheesy choreography whatnot but you look at the backstreet boys from where they were in 1997 to where they are now it's absolutely amazing i mean we got aj mcclain on dancing with the stars so i mean think for me growing up in that time period where we're seeing so many music videos of different genres and stuff we're now pretty much inclined with the youtube videos and vivo and what you see on youtube like we don't have the official like world premiere of a music video on making like we don't have that anymore which i miss and it's just one of the things like they could do like you mentioned so many channels they can have like repeat the old stuff you know what i'm saying it's there's something missing that's really not implemented you know what i'm saying I agree. And I appreciate that nostalgic aspect of you. I think that's something that I miss too. And I think something we should still have, but we don't because of stupid Jersey Shore or whatever. (laughs) Even though I do appreciate Jersey Shore too much. Oh my God. Hey, I'm right there with you. I'll be honest with you. When that first came out, I like avoided it like the plague, like the first two seasons, because I'm just like, I'm Italian. 
And I'm like, no, just because of how they were behaving. But what really hooked me, because it was such a train wreck, like you couldn't stop watching, was season three, because that was the season where Ronnie and Sammy were constantly fighting. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just like, that was kind of like what hooked me. And then you see like the Jersey Shore family vacations and stuff like, yeah, you just couldn't turn away. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny because I was like in high school when that came out, but one of the first few seasons. And every Thursday, you would go on Facebook and people would be like live status updating. And it was just like a whole thing. And it's crazy. I can't believe like my whole family would like watch that when I was in high school and all my siblings were younger than me. But that was the hit show. (laughs) It was. I mean, when that first came out, it was what, 2009? Like I was a senior in high school when the Jersey Shore started coming into fruition. You know, I was like 18 at the time. So I'm like, God dang, like this is really taking over the world. And I mean, they tried to do another version on CMT where it was like party down south, which is funny because where I'm in Myrtle Beach, where the first season that took place was like a half an hour where I used to where it's from me, Myrtle's Inlet. So it was like 30 minutes up the road from where they actually shot that TV show. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right. So you're focusing on pop culture and wrestling. Um, You're doing what you love. Then you start getting guests onto your show eventually, right? Yes. So how did you go about getting your guests because obviously you're like a new podcast maybe it's not like the biggest one in the world but you have your passions and you are like I want to interview you I want to talk to you about what you're passionate about so how did you go about getting these guests on your show well I'm gonna say it like this first and foremost as someone who was one of my guests you were also one of my favorite guests I'm gonna put you over there and just give you some love and respect on that from Miss Kylie McDonald oh well thank you I you're very that. welcome I had a lot of fun But no, when it comes to guests, I mean, it's one of the things where you just, I would write a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email, depending on their preference. And I would just reach out saying, hi, my name is Michael Larkin, the host of this. And I would explain what I do. And then I would send over my links and then it would either be, yes, I'd love to do it or no. And I didn't take those no's as like failure or anything. I'm just like, well, I'll be honest with you. There's some people out there that generally don't like podcasts or don't want to do it. And it's fine. They respectfully turn it down. I don't look at that as as a rejection. I just looked at it as like, okay, they don't want to do it. I'm going to move on to somebody else because I love talking to people. Everybody has a story to tell. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has a voice. So for me, my first ever interview I did in 2015 was with a gentleman by the name of Darren Zawalk. Uh, He's a gospel artist. He's put out a lot of music. And I was very interested in that because I'm a very spiritual human being. And we got to talk about his music. And it was fun. And it was like a 15, 20 minute conversation. But that's another thing where I look, it doesn't matter how long the show is, whether it be five minutes, 10 minutes, up to an hour, over an hour, you make the most of your time with your guests and you have fun with it. And that's my overall mindset that I've had for the past five years. Oh, I couldn't agree more. You know, that's why I'm really loving this because again, everybody has a story and we as people just need to listen to each other and listen to our stories and what we've been through. And it's, we can learn from everybody, I think, and take it and appreciate it and just go on with our days knowing about that person's story. I don't know. I just, I think it's really cool. I've been loving it so far. So it's amazing that you've been doing this for five years now. So cool. So what are some of your favorite guests that you've had on so far? I think for me, just because as a young man, I used to love watching the show. I got the chance to interview Christy Knowings from All That, the original All That, which she was just, <laughs> she was just such a sweetheart and just such a fun, loving, and interesting person. Like her brother around the time, Chris Knowings, was actually on Taina, for those that remember that Nickelodeon show in like 2001. And they both have done Sesame Street together. So just to get to talk about acting and all that with Christy Knowings was very, very fun. I got to interview Alex Solowitz and Noah Bastian from Together, which was the mock boy band. They had that MTV movie in 2000 where it was pretty much, you know, two, the number two and together. 
And we got to talk about that. And Alex Solowitz has actually done a lot of acting. He was in Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore. Um, Noah Bastian was in Johnny Tsunami, which was on the Disney Channel. Uh, and oh, I remember that movie. Yes, he was one of the uh, guys when they were getting the snowboards and stuff. You know, he was one of the guys in the background just, you know, in the snowboard store with Johnny Tsunami, Brandon Baker, and Lee Thompson Young. So, I mean, we got to talk about a lot of nostalgia there, and I thought that was very cool. Another one that really sticks out is Samantha Cole. Uh, she's an artist that sang uh, Love Me, Love Me with Shaggy. So we got to talk about that, and she's getting back into music now. And really, those are some of my favorites. And I love professional wrestling, but as a kid and as someone who grew up with this music, those are some that really stick out in my mind. Wow. Yeah, you really are finding people to interview in your niche, you know, like you have been talking about this nostalgia and how much as a kid you loved MTV and then late 90s, early 2000s pop culture. And you're finding people from that time period to interview and like connect with. And that's awesome. You really have like created a good platform for yourself for this niche. Oh, I well, thank you. And I think that's how you have to look at it. Like, I mean, as a kid, like you want to talk to these people just because you know you're I'm a young man I'm I'm 8 years old jamming out to love me love me by Shaggy and Samantha <laughs> And I mean, you have Christy Owens. you're watching her all that when she comes in mid-season, I believe it was three or four with Danny Tamborelli from the Adventures of Pete and Pete. You know already in your mind, like, okay, this is the seven-year-old kid that used to watch this, but you're also going to be professional at the same time beside, without, you know, just absolutely fanboying out because, oh my God, it's Christy Owens. But at the same time, it's great. And it's very genuine. I think that's what I go into each and every interview. You got to be very genuine. You got to be very professional. And you just got to love it. You know what I'm saying? Because each and every time I have a smile on my face when I talk pop culture, I have a smile on my face when I'm talking wrestling. So if you're smiling and you're overall feeling good in your heart and you're putting your heart into it, it really makes it worthwhile and also makes life worth having. And I think as soon as you get into a genuine conversation with anybody, you do like your mood becomes lifted. You're like, oh, wow, I'm really connecting with someone here. And that's just that's just a great feeling. So can I ask, like, from interviewing people, have you had any challenging interviews where maybe it wasn't going so well? And, like, how, how did you handle those? Uh, I had a quick conversation with a young rapper. He was 15 years old, and he was talking about, you know, his brother was in prison, and he does this for him. It was a nice 15, 20-minute conversation, but I'll be honest with you, it was a little tough. I kept the conversation going because the young man kind of only gave me, like, one-word answers. And I'm like, can you give me a little bit more than just, yeah. But, you know, I, I made the most of it because I was, you know, going back and forth with them and vibing with them. It, that was the one that was really challenging. But for me, everybody's been really, really good, at, you know, as far as just professionalism, everybody just having a connection with because I like to bring the best out of them and they bring the best out of themselves with their knowledge. And I think it makes for a hell of a conversation. But there's only one bad experience I will say, and I'll tell you on your show here. So I emailed a talent in professional wrestling and we were going to do a certain date, but we rescheduled because her brother was graduating. I'm like, of course, you know, go to your brother's graduation. Family comes first. We can reschedule. It's not a big deal. And another thing for me that I also believe in is accommodation and comfortability. You want to accommodate your guests, you know, to, you know, fitting the schedules, but also you want to make them feel comfortable with you. Don't make them, you know, feel uncomfortable. Just be, you know, comfortable with them. But it's one of the things where I had done this and I had pointed out some times I wanted, and then she kind of just all out of the blue just goes, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not interested. Stop emailing me. And I'm like, you said to me, you wanted to reschedule. I provided you with dates and you want to give me this attitude? No. So I just said, forget it. And I moved on. 
I hate when people do that, even in real life. If you're not interested, whether it's like romantically or like a friend who keeps saying they're going to go out with you one night and then last minute they're like, oh, I'm not really feeling it. I'm like, come on. If we had these plans, you need to follow through. It's like be a professional. Even if we're going to the club, you need to be a professional. <laughs> of course. And like you said, it equates with real life. It's like, don't be flaky with me. And then just all of a sudden cancel at the last minute. And it pissed me off. And I'm just like, all you had to say was no, because this also goes back to, I don't take those no's as a rejection. I remember I, I was going to interview a wrestler who wrestled in World Championship Wrestling, WCW. And I said, I really enjoyed your work. Let me give you the platform, tell your story. Let's talk about it. And he goes, I appreciate the offer, but I'll be honest with you. I really don't like doing podcasts. And then we just moved on. Like, that was fine. That's the professional answer. Like, a simple no would be fine. But yeah, this chick was just out of her mind. And it just, it went south. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to work with you. And then I just moved on and did some more. Yeah, that's hard. And I think if anybody is out there and they like had made a decision like that, where maybe they were a little bit flaky, I'm like, just own up to it, you know, because you can like mend the relationship professionally, but you need to just own up to it because you don't want that reputation in business because you never know because you work with a ton of people and -hmm. you never know who you're going to work with, who knows that person, who knows that person and when it's going to come back to you. So be a professional own up to it. You know what I'm saying? If you have a certain issue that you want to discuss with me or you feel a certain way, just tell me, you know what I'm saying? I'm right. Yeah. Everybody has their fears or whatever's going on, you know, but there's always a way to connect with someone and like work around those issues. So I don't know. I'm not perfect either. Like I'm not saying be a professional and I'm like a hundred percent perfect, but you know, there's always a way to connect with the person in the professional relationship and let your voice be heard, even if you are having fears or whatever it is. That's important too. You need to make your priorities known. Of course. And the other thing that I, I had another one as it's coming back to me as we're talking about this, <laughs> like, no, it's, it's one of the things where it's just like, okay. And this was the context of how this was. I asked this lady, this young girl to come on the show and she was, I'll say this right now. She was an LFC talent. And I know we're going to talk about LFC, but this actually goes and falls under the category of bad interviews. I had said to her, I said, look, you know, you just did a fight for LFC. Come on the show. We'll talk about it. Talk about your experience. And then she kind of gave me an attitude like, I only do live shows. I only do podcasts in person. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Then we could do it at another event. And then she was all like, oh, okay. But I'm like, listen to the context of what you just said. Like, I don't do podcasts over Skype or over the phone. I do them in person. Like, all you had to say was like, look, I really don't like doing podcasts over the phone and Skype. I really do more podcasts in person. Would that be all right with you? See how I said that so nice and calmly and not funny <laughs> attitude? Like, oh, I know. It just, yeah, it infuriated me. Yeah, especially in entertainment, you know, some people could just get egos and it's like, come on. No, we're all working together here. We're all trying to do the best we can. So just be kind, respectful, like, oh, well, that's my number one pet peeve. I'm like, just respect people and be nice. Of course. And I, that goes a long way. And a lot of people don't realize that. I'm like, I think we see that a lot in real, real life too. It's just like, because a lot of people, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people that judge and there's just a lot of people that feel like they have to have their voice be heard, even if it's just like, you know what, just shush. You know what I'm saying? If you got nothing nice to say, then don't say it at all. It's the number one thing you learn as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Just have that tact. So true. Something to keep in mind every single day. Um, all right. So we were talking a little bit about LFC before, but if you want to get a little more into it, so what is LFC? 
Okay, so LFC is Lingerie Fighting Championships. Uh, they have a lot of reality shows with LFC Exposed, which is currently on Viewer Prime. It's a reality show. It's a lot of events in person. LFC just got done doing an event with Sturgis in uh, South Dakota, the bike rally. It's really just a mixture of mixed martial arts, uh, professional wrestling, all different art forms encompassed into one. But it's girls fighting in their lingerie, which is the unique take of it. Look at it like what the LFL was, the Lingerie Football League. Like it was a bunch of beautiful girls who are very fit and who are absolutely amazing from the physical standpoint and really can go in there and in depth hard with the said combative nature and the said sport, but they're in their lingerie. So look at it kind of like the LFL and kind of like our sexy take on women's mixed martial arts. Okay. Now, can we have a little debate? Yes. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. But I'm just saying, like, when I was looking at it, I get it's about beautiful women, like showcasing what they could do. But from the outside and I haven't talked to any of the talent yet. Like I don't know their perspective, but it looks like it can be objectifying women. Why can't the women who are doing these martial arts in, you know, like a sports bra and shorts, like why can't they be seen as beautiful too? Like why do these women have to be in their lingerie? Do you hear what I'm saying? Of course, yes. And that's a fair assessment too. Like I'll be honest with you. I do get a lot of that. And a lot of people say, well, why can't they be in the lingerie? I'm like, why it's a different perspective and it's a different take on it where you can also look at it like you know they're beautiful women they're flaunting what they have but they also are very comfortable in their own skin and we have, we all come in different shapes and sizes so i think it's just it's a different take of mixed martial arts with a little bit of sex appeal in it which i mean I, I i definitely see what you're saying about the objectifying women because i do we do get that a lot and a lot of people kind of like have this debate which is fine and i'm open to answering that question but yeah it's just a different outlook of like looking them from their sexy part of it, but they can also kick ass at the same time. So that's kind of like the marketing behind it. Like, you know, the girls are lingerie, but they can kick ass because you get to see it from a physical standpoint. It adds a little sex appeal to it. So, yeah, I got you. And I mean, I guess I would have to listen to like the women and like what they were saying too, because, you know, as long as they're seen as empowered and it's not just people looking at them in their lingerie and like, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I think it just needs to be seen as empowerment and that's what the main point has to be. Of course. Like with me, like I titled the podcast that I do for them, Beauty, Strength and Dominance. That's just my overall mindset. Like two of my overall influences in my life from my mother and my grandmother god rest her soul and beauty strength and dominance the three key elements to make women the work of art that they are like you get to see the beauty aspect because the lingerie and just how they're overall as their beings you also look at it from an internal and external standpoint for the beauty the strength because you know they slam you they kick you their strength strength with their strikes you know and dominance just because of also the fighting aspect so i mean i incorporate a lot of layers with how i view the mindset and how i conduct the podcast Cool. So when you go into a podcast with one of these talents, what, what do you tend to cover? We cover a lot of basis of mixed martial arts. Like I tie it into mixed martial arts and professional wrestling because a lot of people have transitioned from mixed martial arts to professional wrestling, like your Ronda Rousey's, like your Ken Shamrock's, like your Dan Severance, Tank Abbott's, the list goes on and on. And you have someone like Brock Lesnar, who's done both professional wrestling and UFC. So we talk about that transition and we talk about their LFC bouts. I mean, LFC has been to Slovakia. We've talked about the international exposure. We've, we just touch upon LFC and mixed martial arts and professional wrestling as a whole. We also talk about the training that goes into it because there's a lot of fitness and there's a lot of the grind that goes into it from the fitness aspect and the physical aspect as well. Uh, we talk about a lot of the trainers that have come in, uh, Greg Frito, 
who has uh, worked at the Mayweather Boxing Gym, trained both Floyd Mayweather Sr. and Jr., have worked with the girls. We've talked about a gentleman by the name of Raul Ramirez, who owns Catch Wrestling Alliance out in California, who really focuses on like the ground game and the catches catch can wrestling of the late 1800s, early 1900s, and just the overall holds and submissions and the art form from that aspect of professional wrestling. So there's a lot of encompass of the art form of the sport and also the events that have been included with lingerie fighting championships. Yeah, I mean, these women, they are amazing. Like the fitness it really takes to do a sport like that is incredible. So how did you end up getting started with your podcast focusing on the LFC? What's interesting is uh, Sean Donnelly, who was the CEO of LFC, um, I had one of their talents on, Allie Babydoll Parks, a.k.a. Allie Parker. She's also done professional wrestling. Uh, we touched upon this story where she actually gave her brother a kidney. And what's interesting about that is she had a fight a couple days after she gave her brother a kidney. And when she was going into the LFC bout, you could actually see the scar like on her side where she had given the kidney. And that's like a toughness right there with the LFC. Same with Bella Inc. who we just had on the last one, LFC 30. Like she just gave birth like three weeks prior to the event at Sturgis. Like she just had a kid and she's going out there just hauling ass and just kicking ass at Sturgis. So it's one of the things where we just talked about Alex's career in professional wrestling, LFC, and he enjoyed the way I conducted the interview. And I had done lots and lots more with the talent. And it's like, hey, we could do this and have you as the official podcast host. But I said to him, look, I'm going to treat this from a perspective of just, you know, my love for women and how the empowerment of women for not just in general with the lingerie and the overall physical aspect of it, but I said the internal external ex- you know, standpoint of it. So it's just like, I really wanted to make something that's very nice and very um, beautiful and very respectful towards women and how I conduct my interviews, not just for the LFC, but as an overall podcaster. So that's how I got the gig and Sean has been impressed with me ever since. Well, I'm really glad to hear you say that, honestly. And I think it is a fine line, but you seem to be aware of it. And I appreciate a lot that you are focusing on these women's stories. Obviously, they each have an incredible story. So I appreciate that you were really focusing on that and empowering them. And that is also another thing where you were doing your own thing, working hard on your grind with your podcast. And then look at that connection just from you putting in the work on your own and then it built to something else for you. Like that's such an important lesson right there. Well, thank you. And I I take pride in what I do. And I mean, I've interviewed people from all facets of life, as I like to put it. I've interviewed people in music, professional wrestling, LFC, the adult entertainment industry. Everybody has a story to tell. But I also like to just say, like, I know I'm going a fine line here because some people are going to be like, yeah. But I'm like, listen to how I conduct the interview. Listen to how I discuss these set of topics, these set endeavors with people. And I think a lot of people can enjoy. And if you don't, that's fine. But for me, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Okay. Yeah. So you are, you have like five to six different shows right now. So how do you, and I'm, you said you're still working in market research too. So what does a normal day look like for you? Like, how do you schedule all these different podcasts and interviews and editing? Like, how are you doing this all? Oh my goodness. Well, it depends on the person's schedule. Like I do a lot of afternoon shows because some days I'll work nights, some days I'll work daytime. So it depends because my schedule fluctuates. So I would do like a show at like at midnight. Sometimes I would do a show at 10 p.m. Sometimes I've done shows at 10 a.m., 11 a.m. It depends on my schedule and their schedules. And then we meet them all together to produce the shows and what have you. And sometimes I'll be honest with you, I'll get out at midnight and I'll save a show that I recorded earlier in the day and I'll just put it up at night and then I'll go to bed. So, I mean, it really just depends on my overall work schedule and my priorities there mixed with the priorities that I do with the podcast. And so I'm a guy that wakes up every day, does what he does, helps his mom out, helps his family out, and then just you know, goes to work and do, does what he does. And I think uh, for that, I am blessed. And for that, I just, 
I enjoy what I do. It's the overall passion. It just, it makes me smile because I know I get to do what I do. And I, and I know a lot of people enjoy it, which I, which it keeps me going, you know what I'm saying? But that's my normal life. Seriously. But then on the other hand, like it has to be tiring some days. Oh. Like I know firsthand, like it's a lot of work that goes into it, especially when you're doing interviews. If you're tired, you really can't let it show to the other person. Obviously we all feel that. So like when you are feeling tired on some days, like how do you get your energy? A lot of water because you can get <laughs> very fast. I'll H2O. Be Yes, H2O. Yes, water boy style, Adam Sandler. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, water, just soda, just really it keeps me going. Like I just drink a lot. I keep myself hydrated and I keep myself ready to go. And that's that's what I do. And I'll be honest with you, as a kid, I've always been a night owl. So that, that kind of helps. But editing, there's a lot that goes into it. Just making sure there's no background noises, the whole nine. And I think uh, if you're passionate about what you do from the editing standpoint, you want to put out the best content. So I mean, it really is just the overall passion. And if you're tired, just do what I do and drink a lot of water. Some people like coffee. I like water, you know. So <laughs> what about mentally? Like, do you do anything to keep a positive attitude? Oh my goodness. Yes. I'll be honest with you. Meditating helps a lot. I'll just, yeah. sit, just meditate. Other than that, really, I just go out there and I, I do a lot of stretching. I just do a lot of meditating. That helps like for me, just stretching out my arms, stretching out my back and just sitting there in a very nice, peaceful and calm place and just taking my overall mindset and just, you know, breathing, inhale, exhale, the whole nine. It's very, very normal. It's very strategic, but it's just, it helps, you know, just sitting there meditating and it feels good. So that it seriously does. I got to be honest, like the past few weeks, I haven't really done as much for my mental health as I should be doing. And I feel it. I'm like, Oh my God. All right. I need to like, just meditate. I need to like write in my journal, do whatever, just so I can feel better. Cause it really makes such a difference. And I'm such like a go, go, go person. And after a while that can really get to you. So it's really just so important to take that time for your mental health. It really can make such a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. And I think for me, you also just have to have the patience and just have the overall strength from a mental standpoint to just like, you know what, sometimes you just got to meditate, just let it flow and just relax yourself. And I think that goes a lot way. I think I would just tell people just to relax and just do whatever it does that makes you get into that mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. Your career has been growing over the past five years, you know, you're building and building and building. So what are your ultimate goals for your podcasting career? My goodness. I think for me, just, just to keep going on until I can't go on anymore. And just really just to keep divulging and just putting a lot of work into the websites from wrestling at wrestling.com LFC and um, Steve and Mike show.com really just keep going with what I'm doing and just knowing that everybody has more stories to tell and just stay on the journey. But for me, it's just to keep on and keep on on until I can't no more and just possibly getting into announcing. That's something that I'm also looking forward to uh, divulging into once all this COVID stuff ends, but it's something I'm looking forward to. I mean, I have a plan. I'm just, I'm just ready to go on and take on the world, you know? Absolutely. Oh, I could totally, totally hear you announcing. Like you have the perfect voice for that. And yeah. Go, go after that 100%. Thank you. I mean, for me as a kid, I always loved our wrestling announcers, just announcers in general, just having that voice, you know, really get the crowd pumped up into the set event. Like for me, that's one thing I definitely have been focusing on right now. Oh, do it. I'm so excited. That's going to be great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I have to ask, like, I don't really believe this, but there's a lot of people out there who think, oh, radio is fading away. Or, oh, whatever, you know, people don't really care about radio anymore. I mean, I think, like we were saying earlier on, it's something that really is a part of everyone's daily lives. And it's something that, you know, I think is going to stick around. And I was just interested to hear your opinions about it. 
first and foremost, that is a great question because I get that a lot because I've heard a lot of people say the exact same thing that you, that radio's fading away. We're in the age of the podcast and stuff. And I'm like, not necessarily because I mean, I'll be honest with you when I'm out with my father, when I'm out with my mom, that radio's going, man, whether it be different stations, our playlists, the whole nine radio has a purpose with news, with coverage of news, coverage of sports, coverage of different music stations that a lot of people have, you know, listened to since they were young. And now as they get older, there's that station still there. And it's something that you really enjoy. So I would say not necessarily, not just from the nostalgia standpoint, but we also have younger people that are introduced to these radio stations that they can love and that they can listen to. So I really don't think it's fading away. I think it's just it's still there but we have a lot of new people that are getting into this world that can find out about these things and everything's at our fingertips so I really don't think radio's fading away I think we're all just growing in different varieties and different avenues I think radio's still going to be there till the test of time I don't see radio fading away at all yeah and even something you said just there you know it is a source of news and of course podcasts are big and will become bigger probably but they're not live and if we need to know what's going on in the world and we're in our car and radio is what we're going to listen to like that's so important and that is something that has to stick around yeah and you made a great point there like a lot of podcasts are pre-recorded like why you want to listen to some pre-recorded when you can have something live in your car like talking to you about the news what's going on in the world what's going on with the latest sports game you know so that really helps a lot for people absolutely i love like just driving in the car with like my dad or my brother and there's just like a yankee game going like i don't know that's just something about that it's just homey absolutely i mean i was the same way with my dad with the mets i was the same way with uh. my friend steve <laughs> i know i know as soon as i said that i was gonna go uh, all right but yeah no i mean that that's the stuff that's that's the stuff that really keeps you going and puts a smile on your face and the camaraderie and this the love of just listening to the game or listening to whatever it's a beautiful thing yeah so you are really someone who has built your own career basically from the ground up i'm interested to know like what advice would you give to somebody no matter what industry they're in if they're looking to just build something for themselves what advice would you give to them go out and do it if anybody tells you that it's stupid or that it's dumb just ignore the negativity and accentuate the positivity of what you're doing because you have that voice to go out there and provide content and resonate with generate with people just let your voice be heard and just know that you know people care and people do love and, and to hear and love to watch you do your thing whatever it be just go out there and do what you love and just really embrace the fact that you are going to do something that is going to resonate with people inspire people and overall affect people in a good in positive way and just make your voice be heard and go out there and do it that's awesome and that's just is like lifting my day so i hope it lifts everybody who's listens too <laughs> i know it will one more question before you go so if we're looking at pop culture right now what are some topics that you are interested in Oh my God. Well, I did see all the stuff that was going on with Aaron Carter and I'm like, what in the world has happened to Aaron? You're still, it's so funny because you're still relating it back to the early it, 2000s, it, but that's of, just really what you focus on. It's just like, like, I'll be honest with you. Like I like, I like a lot of stuff that's out there new, but the thing that really just caught my eye and I'm like, God dang, cause you see this happen with a lot of child stars, but I'm like, Aaron Carter, he's doing like Cam Soda and all this stuff. And I'm like, what in the world has happened to Aaron Carter? You know what I'm saying? Because as a kid, I loved Aaron's party come get in just the jams and stuff like that. But my God, man. But yeah, that was one that caught my eye. I'm like, okay, he's doing this now. All right. But yeah. I, I don't even hear what that was. What was he doing? So he's on Cam Soda, like naked and playing the guitar. Oh, naked. no. No, Aaron. Yeah. It's like, oh, Aaron, oh, Aaron, what are we going to do with you? But yes, no, it's one of those things. I'm just like, okay, he's doing that now. All right. But yeah, no. Oh, man. But yes, but other than that, really, I just, what really has caught my attention is uh, Dancing with the Stars and Carol Baskin is on Dancing with the Stars. And I'm like, yes. 
All right. Okay. And how apropos is it that her first dance, she comes out the eye of the tiger. Like, come on, man. That's of course. Of course. Did you see um, her ex-husband's family put a commercial right after her, her dance number? Yes, I did. Oh, my gosh. I mean, good for them. I saw, I was um, at an apple orchard over the weekend, and I saw a bumper sticker on a car, and it said, honk if you think Carol Baskin killed her husband. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, this thing has really just taken such a life of its own. It's crazy. What's interesting about that is like the guy, uh, Doc Antle, is actually from the Myrtle Beach area. And he was one of the people that was investigated because of everything that was going on with him. Yeah. Joe Exotic. It's just, it was an interesting thing. And that, that's also what I do is I check out a lot of Netflix or pop culture wise. Like I watched that. I've just, there's one coming up. I think there's about the guy that killed his um, wife and kids. That's very interesting from a documentary standpoint. Like a lot of Netflix has been on as, as well as Disney plus. Like I just, I, I can't get enough of Disney plus because I just love watching again, relating it back to my childhood, just like the old movies and stuff that comes on there. Like, so if I'm not talking about wrestling or pop culture in general, I'm watching the Netflix and I'm watching Disney plus and I'm just keeping up with the news. So man, that's, that's what really just makes me smile and just keeps me going from the news standpoint. Yeah, it's always good to be connected to the stories that connect us all, yep. you know? I mean, honestly, like, pop culture brings us together. I was going to say the news, too, but, I mean, that is not the case currently. So <laughs> I'll leave that one out there right now. But I agree. Like, if it's a movie, if it's a TV show, if it's whatever can bring us all together entertainment-wise, like, that is so necessary, especially in today's climate. We need something to bring us together. So. You keep doing what you're doing because uh, it is important. Well, thank you, Kylie. And another thing I will actually mention, since you actually mentioned it right there in your statement with the state of the world, that is the one thing I always say on podcasts. I don't talk about politics. So that's the one thing I, I you know, stay away from is talking about politics because I'm just like, you know what? I'm trying to have a fun show that's positive and just not trying to you know, bring people down. I'm like, that's the one thing I'll never talk about is politics because you just, you know, I don't want to open up that can of worms. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very hard to avoid, obviously, in today's world, and it is important to pay attention to, but I think if you can provide an escape for people, even yep. if it's for a few minutes, it's necessary. We all need to breathe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Mike, I really, really thank you for your time, and um, where can people find you and your podcast online? So you can check me out at stevenmikeshow.com. You can check me out at wrestlingwhatwrestling.com. You can check me out on soundcloud.com slash mclarkin92. You can check me out on Twitter at smshow1, mcl92, or pop underscore culture underscore pod. You can check me out on the Max Wrestling Podcast at Max Wrestling UK. You can check me out on iTunes, iHeartRadio. You can check me out on laundryfc.com. You can check me out on Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you get your audio podcasting platform needs. Check me out LFC. Check me out on some pop culture. Check me out on Steve and Mike. Check me out wherever you get your podcasting needs. And I appreciate everybody's support and everybody tuning in. And I thank you, Kylie, because like I said, I love working with you. I loved having you on the show and I love doing this with you. So thank you. Well, thank you. I'm just curious. Did you have a list right there of all, of all, your, no, I all mean, your links? <laughs> I don't, but no, I mean, I just, it's in my head because like I said, I've been doing uh, Max Wrestling for three years. I've been working with Andre Corbeil, who's worked with uh, Vince Russo, who was on the creative team for the WWE back in the day. So, I mean, I've just worked and been blessed to work with a lot of people through my line of work. So, I mean, those are just some that I keep true to my heart, as well as the Pop Culture <laughs> Podcast, which is funny because Brittany Savage, who I work with, is actually a former professional wrestler, but she's really big into pop culture. And I started that with her like three years when she started co-hosting me. It's probably one of the best decisions that I made because not only did I make a co-host, I made a great friend of it. So it's, it's been fun. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear. All right. Well, Mike, you have a good rest of your night, okay? 
You too, Kylie. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye.